Hi, everyone. Welcome to the MBA Insider Podcast. I am your host, Al D, and the author of MBA Insider. This podcast is for career-driven professionals looking for advice on how to grow their careers by leveraging the skills, experiences, and knowledge gained from an MBA degree. In each episode, I'll give you a look into the business school experience, along with practical tips, career advice, and real-life stories to help professionals grow their careers. Welcome to the MBA Insider Podcast. My name is Al D. I'm the host of the MBA Insider Podcast and the founder of MBAschool.com. Um, today, we're going to talk all about management consulting, and I can't think of too many better people to have here with me to do that other than Naman Mian, who is a director at Management Consulted. You can check them out at managementconsulted.com. And they have a plethora of information if you are interested in your career in Management Consulted. And we'll certainly talk a little bit about more into some of the exciting things they have coming down the pike as well. Naman, first and foremost, thank you so much uh, for being here today and for joining me to talk all things Management Consulted, specifically for an MBA audience. And what I'd love to maybe start with is we chatted back in the fall and would love to know maybe just from your perspective. So if we take a step back, take a look at the fall, what were some of the things you were seeing with MBA management consulting hiring? What was going on out there? Yeah, absolutely. First off, Al, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be with you. Excited to be speaking to an audience of eager MBAs. So what happened in the fall? A lot. Let's start here. Recruiting still happened. I think a lot of the headlines and, and the sexiest headlines have been this practice area or this firm cut hiring or instituted a hiring freeze or right it was tougher than it, it's been in a generation to to go through the consulting recruiting process and what gets lost in that narrative is that firms were still recruiting uh, firms were still hiring but there were practice areas and there were firms that did institute hiring freezes did did cut their hiring targets but overall for the most part it was business as usual for full-time mba or excuse me for second year mbas who are recruiting for full-time roles yep i definitely heard something similar and i even heard of a few cases of folks who did not do a consulting internship over the summer but had an interest in it and were able to jump back on the full-time recruiting chain when they came back to their second year and were able to land, were able to land offers. And that was something that surprised me a little bit, but I think it makes sense just given the fact that in some places just have a demand. And when you have a demand, you got to hire. Exactly. There's a demand and what hasn't changed, and, and I know you and I have talked about this before, right? Consulting is a human capital driven business. And what that means is, right, that firms, no matter whether we're in a downturn or not, are looking for the best talent. And they don't restrict themselves to the intern pool from last year to find the best talent. And whether you interned or not, whether you're at a target school or not, you have an opportunity. And we're seeing right folks who come from what we're folks who take what we would call maybe more non-traditional paths, finding higher and higher uh, rates of success as they go through the process whenever they do. Sure. And on that notion, I know you spent a lot of time with candidates. I know you spent a lot of time with employers. What were you hearing you know, from both of candidates as well as employers? Yeah, honestly, Alex, the more things change, the more they stay the same. And that bore true a lot in the, the recruiting process that we saw in the fall. From the candidate perspective, what we heard was twofold. Number one, of course, 100% of interviews were virtual. And so candidates had a 
difficulty, some of them did, in engaging with their interviewer virtually, right? You're not in the room. You don't have a chance to, right, maybe have that small talk like you would have traditionally or build that kind of physical chemistry or rapport. You're, it's a more sterile environment. You're looking at someone via Zoom or Teams. Or how do you build that rapport when you're not physically in the same room? That was a challenge that some candidates faced. And we had some, some tips and some strategies to help them face that. I'm happy to talk about those if you'd like. But that was something consistent that we heard. The environment was challenging for me beyond just right the case type or or the case questions that I was being asked. As far as the case interview specifically, we saw actually a a decrease overall in the number of exhibits that were used inside of cases because it was more difficult to share them than it would have been in a traditional environment where we can just slide the exhibit across the table and then take it back. And, And so for those of us who are not as quant- comfortable (laughs) as some of our classmates. That was uh, a win. Other than those two differences, right? The standards didn't change. The criteria didn't change. The scoring didn't change. The best practices were still best practices. Sure. I feel like there's a joke here of like back in my day, we used to use exhibits in our consulting interviews and just, but even on that, I'm just, now that you're saying it, I'm thinking in my head, there is a decent percentage of uh, students out there who have never done a physical uh, case interview, right? Like in in the same room as staring across the table from an associate partner or something like that. It's a little bit crazy to think of that, but this is just where we are. But something I was thinking about just on that notion, I'm curious what you heard in terms of, as you mentioned, the pivot to virtual recruiting and virtual events. And what kind of feedback did you get either from students or employers. In my head, I'm thinking, on one hand, it was the only thing that they could really do. Uh, On the other hand, it certainly does, in theory, open them up to more schools if they so want to do. But potentially also, I could also see it being more challenging because it does open the floodgates and the like. And also, if it does open the floodgates, potentially it makes it a little bit harder either for a candidate to to distinguish themselves or an employer to remember Jimmy, Johnny, Sally, and and Winnie. Absolutely. I, I would argue that the floodgates have been open for quite some time. Fair, uh, fair. Yeah, <laughs> fair, fair. Um, why consulting firms even have a behavioral interview is because fit is so important at sure. human capital-driven firms. And it is more difficult. I, I would say most firms would agree with the statement, it's more difficult to assess fit when you're not in the same room as someone. When you haven't had a physical networking conversation or coffee chat, you're not getting a chance to interact with them pre or post interview, you're just jumping on Zoom for the hour that your interview is scheduled and that's it. You're not getting to see them uh, in more human interactions or, or less you know, canned interactions. Uh, and so the, the candidates that were able to display ease and comfort and were able to bring their personality to bear inside of a case, inside of the fit interview, right, in this virtual environment really stood out. That's, that's the one thing that we've heard from firms, that the people who came across as people did the best, even more so than the, right, your traditional case killers. Even though, right, they set themselves up for success, that wasn't what stood out to interviewers. That's good to know. That's good. That's good feedback. Okay, so we're in the midst of MBA internship recruiting uh, for management consulting. We're, we're filming this in January. Can you talk about what you're seeing so far with respect to first years and recruiting for MBA management consulting internships? 
Yeah. So one of the things that we're seeing that's different is we're seeing more and more firms pull up interviews or, or interviews happening earlier. We we had quite a few clients that management consulted who were interviewing in late December for these internship roles where traditionally they would have had two more weeks to prepare. And as I'm sitting here with you in January, we've already had a lot of our clients go through not only first rounds, but final rounds as well at the MBA level. And we, we saw the acceleration of the interview timeline. Other than that, though, not much has changed. In, in the fall with full-time recruiting, we saw a reduction that some firms made in their hiring targets. We have not seen the same th thing play out across um, the internship landscape, which is good news for folks who are going through the process right now. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think that's absolutely positive news. And hopefully in some more potential positive news. So where we are right now, obviously, is at least in the United States, we're slowly but surely rolling out a vaccine, which hopefully will mean more people are vaccinated and safer. And the more and more we get to do that, hopefully that means that we'll hopefully start to get back to work in some kind of capacity. And while most of us, at least in the consulting industry, are not back to work yet, what uh, I'm just curious to prognosticate for a little bit, what's the future looking like short-term wise for the management consulting industry? Yeah, and I'll be the first to say here, I claim zero insider info on, <laughs> on firm uh, staffing or bringing folks back to the office. We expect most consulting firms to stay remote for all of 2021. And there are, though, some exceptions. For example, OCNC gave folks the chance, even in New York City, which was the epicenter of the outbreak for uh, quite some time in the spring, gave folks the option, if they wanted to during the summer, to come back and work physically. And they found that 75% of that office decided they would rather come back and work in the office because they missed the camaraderie. It was easier for them to focus. I, I think in New York, you've got the added kind of element of most folks who live there lived in, live in cramped apartments. And so they, they wanted the space that the office provided. But that I expect more firms to make that an option moving forward this year, uh, but by no means make it mandatory. Uh, and I expect business as usual in, in 2022. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Okay, so I want to talk a little bit about the fact that you are releasing soon a new salary report about trends in management consulting salaries. So this is a little bit earlier, but it's coming out soon. By the time this comes, this podcast goes live, it'll probably be out. But would love to a little bit know a little bit more about the report on salary. What can you tell us about it? Yeah, absolutely. So high-level trend is we saw little to zero salary growth at the MBA entry-level hire across firms. And, and so, right, MBB's base was the same for this cycle as it was last cycle. Same with some top boutiques like LEK, Kearney, and, and firms across the big four. So the good news is we haven't seen a reduction in offers. The, the one ex notable exception I'll call out there is KPMG, who cut their starting base salary by $15,000. But overall, we saw really a stagnation in salary growth, which while not optimal, is better than across the board entry-level salary cuts. And we are seeing firms get more creative in, in how they make up for this. So for example, EY firm-wide moved to unlimited PTO this last year. And we're seeing firms like LEK introduce a more robust profit sharing program. And so there are ways that firms are providing value that is outside of just the raising of the base salary from last year. But for the most part, we're seeing stagnation in the rise of base salaries at the MBA entry level. 
That's good to know. I'm just curious, based outside of that, anything there in that report that surprised you or maybe caught you off guard or something, anything that you didn't expect to come up in the data that did occur? That's a great question, Al. The thing that surprised me the most was the most, excuse me, was actually this dichotomy of trends in the consulting industry. If you just look high level top line at the management consulting industry, it's still growing by double digit percentage every year. But when you look under the surface, that a lot of that growth is concentrated in the hands of the few, um, especially this year. You're seeing your larger, more established firms who are continuing to grow, grow rapidly. But at the lower levels of the industry, the boutique levels, the niche firms that had been growing rapidly over the past decade, that's where a lot of the, the pain has been felt in the industry. And so specifically, some of the, the first and the steepest hiring cuts and freezes that we saw were in practice areas like human capital or digital. But we're seeing, on the other hand, an explosion of growth across strategy and, and implementation practices, which is no surprise, but still something that that stood out to me. Yeah. No, I think that's a really in- interesting insight. And I am interested to hear a little bit more about what you think, though, in terms of if we think about something like salary. Yes, there are firms that pay more and pay less, but for the most part, the entry-level MBA salaries for management consulting objectively are pretty good. No doubt. (laughs) No doubt. And and to your point, there certainly are some things like you mentioned, like LEK has profit sharing. Other places maybe have a little bit of different bonus incentive. Some of the MBBs, once you make manager, you get an additional bonus and those kinds of things. And and then those are not small amounts of money, not trivial amounts of money. But I'm curious, particularly with you mentioning that salary stayed flat, I'm curious how much you advise your clients around how much compensation factors in with all the other factors, fully knowing it's always going to be up to the individual. But with these numbers, I guess my question is the so what? What is the implication, um, if you will, or what should those who are interested in going into career, what should they take you know, from this? Or how should they think about this? Mm-hmm. You know, to us as a firm, we don't recommend that f- that candidates really rank or filter their choices through right. through compensation. And sure. I recognize that it's a it, that's a privileged statement to be able to make because you can, of course yeah right, you yeah. can say that if you have money. But the factors that that your listeners should really be taking into account are lifestyle, the type of work, their long term career goals, cultural fit. Those are things that to us really make or break your experience inside of consulting, make or break the exit opportunities that you get. Even if you are, let's just say hypothetical, you're leaving some money on the table in year one. The the growth trajectory in your salary, right, from year one to year two associate to engagement manager or project leader, and then once you leave consulting to industry, is it, so rapid that you will quickly catch up and and get that money back, if you will, that leaving that five or 10 grand on the table to go to a firm that was a better fit for you, that that set you up for the exit opportunity that you really wanted, that gave you the, the network that you wanted, the exposure that you wanted is well worth it in our estimation. Yeah, I, I think that's the right way to frame it. And I think that's a really great approach. One of the things we didn't talk about as much, but I think it's important to also note too, as I'm sure you saw many schools at this point have finally come out with their employer reports uh, from from last year. And I think uh, the two most notable trends from those employer reports were that people, students hired at graduation and a couple months out 
were a little bit lower than they were the previous year, with the takeaway being that it was a little bit harder to get hired during COVID. But the other interesting thing was that for many schools, not all, but many schools, the actual like medium and mean salaries either stayed pretty similar or even went up. And I haven't been able to look through all of the data, but my hypothesis is part of the reason they were able to do that or were schools that where that happened is that there's probably a stronger correlation with how many folks went into industries like management consulting, which still did continue to hire. And as we talked about with the salary, continue to pay pretty good wages, particularly amongst other types of functions or industries. Mm -hmm. I would agree with that hypothesis. And I haven't gotten a chance to dig into the, the employer reports that schools have put out yet either, but that would be my hypothesis as well. And I think that's going to ring true when we do get a chance to dig through the data. Sure, sure. So let's put our prognosticators hats on again, just because it's fun and it's Friday. What do you think about the management consulting looking forward, for, particularly for MBAs? Let's assume that um, at some point this year, we start to get vaccinated. And I know it looks like we're going to be remote for this year. But if we, as we look into the maybe the in next year's class of MBA students, uh, do you still feel pretty or how do your what is your temperature on on where the hiring trends are for management consulting? I'm really bullish. I, I think the industry is going to continue to grow. Economic downturn or economic boom times. Mm -hmm. Companies hire management consulting firms to solve their most pressing strategic and operational problems. And there are different types of problems that you deal with in a downturn. You're focused on cash flow. You're focused on, especially in times of COVID, right? Digital enablement. You're focused on some of those, you know, core issues to your business during that time. But there are going to be other core issues that have been on the back burner during this year that are going to come back up when the economy begins to rebound. And mm -hmm. so I'm bullish on the industry as a whole. I'm bullish on consulting as a career path for freshly minted MBAs. That doesn't mean that I... I am biased completely and think that every MBA should go become a consultant. But if you've done your homework and this is a career path that you want to pursue, then I think that it's going to it's gonna pay off for you in more ways than just personal fulfillment. I think that's great. Naman, thank you so much for joining today. If listeners want to read more about the salary report or just engage more with Management Consulted, where should they go? They can go to managementconsulted.com. You'll see the salaries report highlighted there on our homepage. Uh, and check out our, our articles and our drills and our case walkthrough videos wherever you're at in the management consulting exploration process. There's a resource on the site that's for you. Great. Hi, everyone. LD here. And thank you so much for listening to the MBA Insider Podcast. If you liked what you heard, make sure to head over to Apple Podcasts and to write a review. It will only take 15 seconds. I'd also love to hear what you've been listening to on the podcast and any suggestions you have for how we can improve. Find me on LinkedIn or head over to mbaschooled.com backslash podcast.